This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, even with the Fed not raising rates at the FOMC meeting this week, the expectation is that there is probably one more rate increase still to come, and that will mean higher rates on a variety of consumer elements, things like credit cards, retirement savings, variable rate products, all would again see a bump, and that challenges the consumer's wallets, which for many people is already tight. So how do you deal with all of this? Isabel Barrow, Director of Financial Planning at Edelman Financial Engines, joins us with more on that. Isabel, welcome to the show. Thanks for a few moments today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Dan. A lot on everybody's plate right now with all of this going on. So how are consumers dealing with it at the moment? Well, I think, you know, it's it's obviously going to be pretty much dependent on your individual circumstances. But what we're seeing is just a lot of people sitting on the sidelines. You know, ultimately, it seems as though the housing market is a little frozen up, part of which is, you know, what I would consider to be a catch-22. You know, sellers don't want to sell because they're going to be selling out of what might be a 2.5%, you know, mortgage and um, even if they downsize to a smaller and less expensive home, their payment might be higher. So it's, it's unappealing for sellers to put their homes in the market. And so the would-be buyers are looking at lower inventory. So, you know, that's also then having the intent, you know, the unintended effect of driving the prices up even higher. So it's making it a really hard market for consumers, for someone who's maybe a first-time buyer um, or for someone who maybe has to move because of a job change or some other reason. Um, so we're just seeing, you know, a housing market that's really frozen up and people sitting on the sidelines and trying to wait this out. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, the the waiting process has not been fast moving uh, in, in any way, shape or form. And I think the expectation is with the uh, longer for higher philosophy that, uh, the Fed seems to be rolling with right now uh, that the housing sector is going to be dealing with some level of this impact well into 2024 at this point. Yeah, I think that, you know, that's sort of the anticipation that we all have is you're waiting on the sidelines now. It's not going to loosen up anytime soon. You know, mortgage rates are are um, between 7 and 8% right now. And you know, I think that sort of the mental break point for people is if they go back under six, and that's going to take some time. You know, the Fed is indicating they're not going, this isn't going to slow down anytime soon. So, you know, some of the stats that I've, I've read and, and, and seen recently have indicated that this could last well into, you know, well into 2024, if not even into 2025. So, you know, it, it does mean that for prospective home buyers, you know, they're going to have, you know, you're going to have to decide is it better for me to wait this out or to go ahead and move and maybe reset my expectations? You know, it may mean that yeah. you're buying a house that is not your forever home and, and or you're buying a house that might be a fixer upper and, and you're waiting on some of those repairs or, or upgrades to the home until you can afford it or until mortgage rates come back down. I mean, one of the things that, that we will oftentimes talk to our clients about is, you know, even though interest rates are high right now, and they are higher than they've been in 22 years, they are still not all that much higher than what you may see on average. You know, we were in a period of time for so long with really, really low interest rates that 
people got used to seeing these two and three percent mortgages. But the reality is, is that that we may never see that again. And even if you get into a, a mortgage now at a seven or, or seven and a half percent rate, if rates go down in a year or two or three, you can always refinance. You know, granted, there are some extra expenses to potentially doing that. But, yeah. you know, don't close the door altogether because of the interest rates now. Consider that, you know, you may have more options in a year or two or three. Well, the the refi option is seemingly, I think, is one that, that we really have to keep an eye on in the next couple of years, as you said, that there may very well be. And, and maybe we saw this a little bit a couple of months ago. We, we had seen an uptick uh, in home sales uh, with the potential of people thinking, OK, if I can get in with a 7% mortgage now and rates go down to 6 in in the next year or year and a half, then I jump on that. I put a little bit more up front, but I'm saving on the back end because of the lower rate. And so that may be the, the saving grace for the housing sector as we move forward here over the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, there are, the, regardless of how frozen up the market is right now, there has to be some movement. You know, people are going to put their houses in the market no matter what. Um, it's just that the inventory is so low right now that it's making it really, really difficult for buyers to find the home. So it's not only that the mortgage rates are high, but also the prices are high. So, you know, a $250,000 house at a 5% mortgage on a, you know, 30-year fixed loan is around $1,300 a month. But at a 7, 7, you know, between 7 and 8%, the same house is $1,800 a month. So it's $500 more. And, right. you know, so now you're looking at, well, it's not a $250,000 house anymore. What if it's a $350,000 house? Because, you know, right. that, it was, that was 250000 a year ago. So it's just making it really, really difficult. And part of that is inventory, um, you know, because we, we haven't in this country built enough homes there. You know, after the 2008 housing market um, and overall market, you know, there just wasn't a whole lot of building. There wasn't enough building. And there wasn't yeah. enough, um, you know, of, of teardowns and, and rebuilds. And so, you know, that there's just not enough houses being built on top of the fact that not enough people are selling right now. So it's, you know, there again, there are people that are going to have to make the decision to buy and going to have to make the decision to sell no matter what. And so it's thinking about how to make that work for you. And, you know, how, how do we how do we navigate around these high rates and these high prices? And just thinking about, again, what your options are. And it may just mean buying less of a home. Um, it may mean buying a little outside of the neighborhood that you wanted to be in, uh, or it may mean that you're going to commit to, you know, I'll have to refinance in a couple of years. What we don't want to see people doing is getting really caught up in the emotional component of this and getting, you know, getting kind of over their heads in terms of their monthly payment and getting into the bidding wars and ending up spending more than they wanted to spend on the house and then also being in a, in a high interest rate mortgage. So, that's really the risk of a market environment like this is that, you know, we don't want to see people getting in, you know, becoming house poor because they get too excited right. about this market. And that's the challenge, especially right now, when you factor in the higher rates on credit cards, uh, you know, the variable rate products like uh, home equity lines that are out there. Uh, we're going to be dealing with a lot of people are going to be dealing with the, the return of the uh, of the college loan payments, uh, you know, from a financial perspective right now, this is a real challenge for a lot of people. And, and for people thinking about buying a home, they really have to factor in a lot of components if they're thinking about going that route right now. 
I, I agree. And I think that all of those things you just mentioned are so incredibly important to consider when you're thinking about your payment. But also think about the security of your job. Think about the security of your spouse or partner's job. You know, in the in a market like you, we've been over the last 18 months or so, you know, there's been a lot of prognosticating about a potential recession and, and what will happen in the future. And, you know, it hasn't materialized yet, but if it does, what does that mean or what could that potentially mean for your income? So, you know, you need to make sure that before you make the leap, you understand what your student loan payment might look like in the future, you know, what your credit cards look like. Make sure you're kind of cleaning things up before you make that jump into yeah. home ownership. Make sure that you've cleaned up your credit score, you've paid down your credit cards, you have an emergency fund, that you know you are not buying a house that you won't be able to afford if you have some period of time out of work or if your, your partner or spouse has some period of time out of work. So it's getting your all of your other pieces of your financial house in order before you commit to something that is a longer term investment. I mean, typically, we're not advising our clients to buy a home unless they can see themselves staying there for five, six, seven, or even eight years or longer um, because the cost of buying is high. You know, it's not just yeah. a mortgage. It's not just the, you know, the, the, the upfront, the down payment, which obviously is, is a, a huge piece of this as well. But it's also when you move into a new house, you're buying new furniture. You're, you know, painting the interior of the home. There's a lot of expenses that come up um, for a new homeowner. And then they also have to think about the fact that, you know, what if I have to get a new air conditioning unit? Or what if I have to have a roof repair? There are just so many things that we need to consider as part of our emergency fund and then continue yep. building that up even higher if we are going to make that leap to become a homeowner. So I know it's difficult and there's so many pieces to thinking about this, it can be kind of daunting. Um, yeah. It's not impossible. It's just that right now the market is harder than it has been in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. And so you may have to make some adjustments in thinking about how you're going to tackle it. Uh, let me finish up. You, may, you had mentioned about the component of the fixer upper. Uh, that also leads me to the questions around, you know, home equity lines uh, and, and the importance for uh, of that for a lot of homeowners. And whether or not, you know, maybe making the decision again, and I think we saw this going back a couple of years during the pandemic, of doing the work on the home you already have instead of getting out of that home and going into a new property. And whether or not we see that pop up again. Yeah, I've seen that for a lot of, of clients, uh, friends, you know, coworkers, that instead of selling, you know, it, it look at, if you're in a, you know, you have equity in your home, you've got a great low mortgage rate and you like where you live, but maybe it's not the right size or it doesn't have as many bathrooms as you need, consider renovating it. And a home equity line of credit is, or a home equity loan are good options for you to consider as an alternative to selling. Um, a home equity line of credit, home equity loan, they're similar. I think that, you know, in general, a home equity loan is, is a, a little bit safer because it has typically will have a fixed rate. Although these days, there, there are a lot of different options out there in terms of home equity line of credit, home equity loans, and you may be able to find a, a fixed rate in, in a home equity line of credit. Um, so do your shopping and, and look around. But ideally, what we want is for you to have something that doesn't have a huge amount of risk to you of interest rate increases, making it unaffordable. Um, and of course, you want to, you know, only take out a loan for as much as you can afford to pay on. 
Um, but, you know, also consider that there may be, depending on what you're using it for, the added benefit of a little bit of a, a, a tax uh, benefit for a home equity loan or a home equity line of credit on um, getting some deductions for some of the, that interest, depending on, again, depending on how you use it. What's the th- thought process then that, that you and your cohorts have about what 2024 is going to look like for the housing market? <laughs> well, I wish I had my crystal ball today, but, um, yeah. you know, I don't know that I have any uh, any projections of what, what will happen in the next year. But I do know that, that we are recommending to our clients that if you don't have to move, if you don't have to buy right now, wait. Things might get right. a little bit easier. And while I don't know for sure, I think that what we do know for sure is that right now we can control what we can control, which is our payments. We know what what the market is today. We know what the interest rates are today. And we know that they are historically high, you know, the highest they've been over the last 22 years. So I think that that will tell us something, hopefully, about what the future might hold. And maybe 2024 will, you know, make it a little bit easier for people to buy. All right. Great to talk with you. Thanks very much for your time, Isabel. All the best. You too, Dan. Thanks so much for having me. Isabel Barrow, Director of Financial Planning at Edelman Financial Engines. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.